Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Stay Invested podcast, where I bring on world-changing leaders to talk about politics, economics, finance, technology, and of course, the impact that they create in the world. I'm your host, Jason Barsima, the co-founder and president of Halo Investing, and it's my honor to have Mike McDaniel, the chief investment officer and co-founder of Riskalyze. Mike, thank you very much for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. I am too. You know, there's there's a lot going on in the fintech space. Um, you know, Riskalyze and Halo have, have been doing a lot as well. And I think just through our collaboration, we've seen all the opportunity out there and not just our platforms and our products, right? But just the landscape as a whole. It seems to be, you know, some cool new fintech popping up every single day that uh, that I get super interested in. You know, from one fintech entrepreneur to another, you know, would love to kind of get your perspective on the fintech community and and why do you think you know we're seeing so much innovation and popularity in the growth of these platforms? Yeah, I think in, in a word, I would say just demand. And I look at I was on you know looking at my personal investments earlier this morning, um, and was basically asking myself one or two questions. And I could not believe that this huge you know institution that I have my money with didn't give me an easy way to answer the one or two questions that I had. Right. So right there, I'm going, man, we could build that. Right. Uh, and I think that's a big part of it. It's just demand. And it's typically, you know, what do they say? The, the mother of invention, right? So if, if you're looking for something and, and can't find it and you think if you're entrepreneurial minded, say, hey, you know what? I can let's build it. it. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. You know, when you think about that, and it's kind of like the perfect segue of, um, you know, Riskalyze has had some, you know, phenomenal success. So if, you know, first and foremost, congratulations. Um, you know, we all know as our listeners are both advisors and entrepreneurs, um, you know, around the world. We all know how hard it is and whether you're a financial advisor and we'll get to that in a second. I know you were one, but you're still an entrepreneur, right? And, and it's hard, you know, talk to us about, you know, what was really the genesis of Riskalyze specifically? You know, I know you were solving a problem and you saw a gap, but talk to us a little bit more about that problem and, and a little bit also about your background, uh, you know, to help bring the expertise you do to Riskalyze in the overall community. Yeah, that's a you know, great question. I love telling this story because it's it is uh, it's very much in line with this podcast and the kind of what your you know what your foundation is, and that's you know a big part of you know everything that I want to do in a given day is to be purpose driven, and you know to have you know have my actions and the hours that I spend awake go towards something, and. It was probably, well, I don't even know how many years ago it was, um, but I was 18 years old when I started investing and I invested through an advisor and, and I told the advisor I'm a conservative, um, saw one of my first statements and said, get me the heck out of here, I'm, I'm gone, right? And when he said, you know, when he heard conservative, all he, or when I said conservative, all he heard was he's 18 years old, <laughs> so yeah. he should be invested for growth. So I got out of the market. And if you look at it now, it's comical because the market was going, you know, straight up at the time. And it was like this little tiny blip when you look back in history, but it was enough to spook me. Got back in the market about two, two or three years later with a different advisor, a guy that I trusted more, had a, a relationship with. The same story played out. Said, hey, I'm, I want to be very conservative. You know, I'm newly married now. You know, I don't want to be the guy that loses the money that we're planning for the down payment on a house. Fast forward about eight months and I was invested in a technology fund and it was 2000 and I said, get me the heck out. So I had two experiences with advisors where I said, I'm conservative and they basically looked at my age and said, no, we're, you know, we're going to invest you for, you know, for growth and for the rest. So 
I, I basically said, if this is what it takes to be an advisor, I can be a really good advisor. So I, I got into advising almost immediately after that. I uh, had a finance degree in college and, and started to put that to work and built out an RAA that was really focused as much on risk as it was on return and really just trying to coach you know, the behavioral side for, for my clients. Had considerable success. Um, and I can remember for, and then this is an interesting part too, that there were a number of years when I was telling my wife, I think I could kind of productize what I'm doing because I, I've met enough advisors to know nobody's doing anything like this. And there's a need for it. And frankly, there's a process in place where a, a decent advisor is always going to take temperature on somebody's risk tolerance or their risk preferences. And so I, you know, if, if we were to build something, we could insert it into a process that most advisors are already doing. They're just not doing it in a way that brings as much utility as I think, you know, you know, what is now riskalyze could do. Um, and so basically had my success in the RAA being that I was focused on the behavioral aspect and what is now, you know, a lot of the ingredients of what we put into Riskalyze. So that's the, you know, the, the abbreviated version or maybe the long version, depending on who you are. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great. I mean, it's, it's a great story, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people when they look at entrepreneurs, sometimes they think it's like just poof, an idea comes out of nowhere and Hey, that's my idea. And yeah, you know, when you see it on the infomercial, but you know, with entrepreneurship, they it's usually you're solving a really big problem that only you can solve. And it's a problem that that needs to be solved at the end of the day. And we all have our own, you know, unique experiences, right? And and this show isn't about Halo, but I have my own personal experiences of why, you know, I wanted to disrupt and democratize structure notes through technology and 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 ultimately started Halo. But your experience is is really interesting because it touches upon something that I always talk about, which is you know, the the fear of losses always outweigh the joy of gains, right? And although we only talk about our winners, it's really the losers that leave the long, long-lasting uh, wounds, right? That we can, I can assure you, most of us can can recall every losing trade or or many of the losing trades that we've had. Can't yeah. recall all the winners, right? Because we remember them, and that's really kind of the premise of Riskalyze, right? It's allowing us to make more informed investment decisions first and foremost. It allows us to manage the risk and both the volatility of the market and the emotional volatility from ourselves, right? Uh, by, by assessing what our true risk is and how do I position our portfolio for that? You know, what, what's kind of risk special sauce in, in regards to that, Mike? Um, you know, why, why wouldn't I just say, okay, and, and, we, and a lot of our listeners uh, know I swear. So actually I'm not going to swear this particular <laughs> heck with it. Um, you know, why wouldn't they say, why wouldn't I just do standard deviation? you know, and, and just create a standard deviation. And, and that's it. What's, what's your special sauce? Yeah. I mean, I would say our special sauce has to do with the two problems that we sought out to, to fix, right? One is the psychology side of investing. So we take, you know, behavioral economics, uh, prospect theory, some intellectual property that we purchased early on uh, that all is focused on getting the industry away from using semantics that we think are are either worth less or worse than worthless, which are you know conservative, moderate, aggressive. Yep. Uh, you know everybody's got a different definition of those. Then there's some that carry you know the term conservative obviously carries a whole nother level of of connotations to it. Uh, so number one is bringing in what we would call you know math and, and an objective framework to help somebody basically combat their own psychology. So, you know, that's a, 
a, a, one of our pieces of secret sauce, which, you know, someone has to kind of double click on what we do to say, actually, what RiskWise is doing is coaching, you know, coaching the investor. And then the second part of it is, you know, it is a complex investing, you know, landscape or environment, whether you're talking the various types of investment vehicles that exist, all the different acronyms out there, you know, whether you're looking at annuities and all their, you know, different permutations and features and, and benefits or structured notes or, you know, you get on the list. So our, our you know, kind of the second ingredient of, of our special sauce is just making it easy to understand. So we refer to those both in the psychology aspect and the, the kind of understanding aspect is we are a translation layer and they, we, you know, we tackle the, the psychology side of it. And at the same time, we make it easy for, for somebody to, to digest and ultimately make a decision. Um, and there's, you know, little nuances in there, other, other spices and, and things we throw in, which are, you know, if an investor or when an investor is a part of the process to make the decision, when they have ownership in the process and they're engaged in the process, they're more likely to stay invested. Um, then, uh, you know, I was with my two advisors where I basically just wrote, you know, checks and said, I trust you. And then to get statements and then be spooked. Uh, so there's, you know, other aspects that are, you know, even more behavioral, uh, that we, that we filter out the process that, that is risk wise. Well, it's kind of the pun intended of this is the stay invested podcast. Uh, and no. you know, that's, that's ultimately the genesis of what you know, I believe of what we do for structured products, you know, that protection allows people to be stay, you know, to stay invested, right? Because they have that protection to, to cushion against the, you know, the declines in the market. But your score is powerful in my humble opinion, and this isn't a sales pitch for Riskalyze, but what I really liked about what you were doing and ultimately led to our partnership is you, you make the complex simple, right? So when you talk about standard deviation and R squared and all of these other things that like most of us, could care less about unless you have a degree in finance like you and I do, you allow anybody, whether it's you know, the firefighter or the police officer to understand what their true risk of their portfolio is, what they want to achieve, right? And then ultimately how to achieve it. And I think that that's what's super cool because that's what technology does. I always say like, there's nothing more complicated than an iPhone. Right. You know, when you look, when you unpack it, there's nothing more complicated than a smartphone yet iPhone and Apple are so brilliant because they make the complex simple. My grandmother can text me, I love you every day when she's yeah. 94 years old. I mean, and that's pretty powerful, right? And so that's when you look at portfolio management, you look at econometrics, you look at all the you know, statistical analysis that you do that's super heavy stuff and you boil it down to one score. And I think that yeah. that simplicity is, is super cool and, and it, it provides, you know, and plays, I should say, probably a really important role within the markets, right? Of behavioral finance. I mean, sure, you guys have a lot of statistics and studies showing, like, you know, staying invested versus not staying invested, and kind of the opportunity cost that 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 provides. Um, yeah. But you know, with, with that, I want to, you know, just for our own, you know, audience and and listeners as advisors, what are the certain products that you guys deal with on the Riskalyze platform? Is it just equities? Is it just bonds? Like. Where are you at today and, and where yeah. are you at? Um, That's a great question. And I, I say that because when you think about kind of going back to, you know, why did why did I kind of make the leap and in, in be a part of the founding of Riskalyze? And I can remember my wife for years, there was an acronym in our house that that was what is now Riskalyze. Um, 
2005 was when I, you know, when it started, you know, the idea was planted. We didn't start it until 2011. So for five years, I basically, my wife and I talked about it like it was a child or, a, you know, you know, in the house. Now, um, did you, not to interrupt your train of thought, yeah. but did you feel good during 2008 and 2009 that you hadn't started it yet? Or like, <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, that's probably when we needed you the most. Yeah, great. Yeah. So <laughs> 2008, 2009 is where I kind of proved it. You know, through my process with my existing clients, yeah, uh, those the, the best, you know, the highest years of growth that I had in my practice were 08 and 09 because my clients knew kind of not knew what to expect, but they knew that markets are volatile and how volatile and how much they could likely see and downside or upside in a given year, et cetera. And so they were they were fortified. They stayed invested, and then you know they were referring folks to me. Uh, so it it. it it solidified my resolve or my confidence that if there were to be a technology that would be birthed out of it, that it would, that it would hold water because I I've seen it go through the worst of the worst. Um, and I, I had subleased offices to a couple other advisors that weren't using any, they were all focused on growth and, you know, individual equities, et cetera. And they, they dropped like flies, like they had 20 years in the business and they were gone. It seemed like overnight, uh, in 2008. Um, and the reason I go through that is there, there are, it's not enough to say, hey, we're going to kind of change the world, make an impact, and we're going to do it just for equities or just for ETFs or just for mutual funds. And so we've done a ton of work to expand our, our coverage of investments and, you know, on our platform. So, you know, the, anything publicly traded in the United States is, is on our platform. So that's stocks, ETFs, mutual funds. We have tens of thousands of, of structured, you know, structured products, variable annuities, FIAs, RILAs. Um, I don't know if I mentioned non-traded REITs and a handful of, uh, you know, say a handful, tens of thousands of SMA strategies. Um, so we're, you know, continually trying to, you know, make sure that we're, you know, we're leading in that space. We, we consider it a, you know, it is a passion of ours to make sure that we are known as the elite, you know, the, the elite source. If you want coverage on a new, uh, new technology. Um, so we're, you know, we're, we're not trying to be, um, we're not, you know, we, as soon as our, our user base gives us a hint that there's demand for something, we want to serve them because we know that they're trying to offer those to their clients. And if we don't that, you know, they're, they're going to be doing a miss, you know, disservice to their clients or, or otherwise. Absolutely. No, I think, uh, you know, from, from that perspective and, and switching topics, just, uh, just, Real quick, but you know, from the uh, from the entrepreneur lens, right? Both as a financial advisor, um, because you know that's being an entrepreneur too, and then obviously through Riskalyze, you know, what were some of the challenges that you faced, and some of the advice that you'd give other folks who you know who are entrepreneurs, whether you're a financial advisor trying to grow your business or protect your business, depending on which market you're in, um, and or someone who's like you or like me who are financial advisors who said, hey. I have a good idea that I need to, and I have a big problem that I need to solve. Yeah. I, I would start with a, a word of caution of where I've seen advisors fail either, you know, financially or just in their success. Oftentimes is when they're trying to follow what other, other advisors or other folks have done. Um, especially when it goes against kind of their, their personality or their uh, authenticity. So I would say number one, like be authentic to yourself. Um, I had a very, you know, very unique profile of the client that I wanted and I didn't let anybody else in. And it turned out to be kind of an exclusive club where people were wanting to get in and I didn't have to market. And that wasn't, 
necessarily the goal, but it was a byproduct of me being authentic and saying, I want to do this type of investment management for this type of, you know, investor profile. Um, and I, I look back and say that a large part of my success was I, I was just authentic to what I wanted to be versus, you know, reading the, you know, the, the, you know, call them the, the, the magazines and the, you know, kind of being told what, you know, asset managers or home offices are telling me is the road to success. And you know, you've got to do this or you got to do that. I just focused on being authentic. And I would say that I see that in other realms. And I think to the extent that you can be authentic, um, is, is a powerful ingredient. Absolutely. I think it builds trust and faith, especially as an entrepreneur, whether you're a financial advisor, clearly you need to have that level of trust and faith from your clients that you are a fiduciary of their money. Um, but more importantly, as an entrepreneur, you need the same, right? Because you have to go out and you have to raise capital. Um, you know, your investors have to trust you and have to have faith that you can execute, at least yeah. in my, in my opinion, in, in our experience, right? And, and you have to have trust and faith in yourself because, yeah, I grew up in Silicon Valley and they say, well, you know, sometimes uh, the most obvious ideas are the worst ideas, right? And uh, and and that, and everything that poo poo, you know, when someone poo poos your idea and said, "Oh God, it's a terrible idea," those are the best ideas. And so, you know, you have to have trust and faith in yourself, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I can remember, I can remember where I was standing when my wife like showed me the. I'm gonna get like teary eyed, but my wife showed me like the the register of her checkbook. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> there was like seventy four bucks in it. And I had just told her like eight months before, like, hey, I'm drastically shifting, you know, what I'm doing. And she looked at me like, you better know what you're doing, right? Yeah. I, and I just said, babe, like, I got this. Like, you just, you just, you just wait. Like, I got this. It's, it's, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna take off. Um, and sure enough, it was within like three years, we're complaining about the taxes we're paying. You know, and it was, it was just this like, but it was, it was, you know, long, long, long hours, uh, high stress. Yes, it was. Yeah, you know, it was. It was just kind of a whether it was. Uh, I guess in hindsight, it looked like okay, you made the right call. But at the time, there were certainly plenty of times of you know to be doubting. But confidence in yourself is huge. You you have to have that, and uh, and entrepreneurship is definitely an emotional roller coaster. No matter how successful you are, there's ups and there's downs, and you always want to be bigger, and there's always something you want to do, and so having that trust and faith and. And I think as you could probably, I'm looking at your guitar in the background, uh, uh, and I know you dabble a little bit with the guitar, but you have to be able to ha also have that outlet and that balance, um, I think is really important, wouldn't you say, from, from being an entrepreneur? Absolutely. And I, you know, I can say that early on, and I would say late 20s, early, early 30s, maybe, um, I was focused on what other people wanted me to be focused on. You know, it was, you know, all the, all the cliches, it was a, you know, the bigger house a nicer car, you know, vacations, whatever the case may be. And, you know, when I really took a step back and I, I just about minored in philosophy in college, like I, I read a lot of philosophy and it really was like, Hey, I, I don't feel like I'm, this isn't me. Like I'm out of my own, you know, it's, it's just not me. And so I, I had a kind of a, a very big shift. Uh, that that was, I would say, just a shift towards balance and being authentic, um, you know, 12, 15 years ago. And that was that was critical uh, because it was it was I'm, I'm not growing just to grow. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to define what success is for me. And this was in the, you know, in the, in the RA practice. And boy, the amount of weight that 
that kind of was shed off and the stress that was shed. And then, you know, I start, you know, I start being able to spend more time at home and, you know, all the different things that they got to build upon that. But it was only because I t- yeah, called a timeout and said like, okay, what am I doing this for? Yeah. Uh, what's the purpose? Um, and that really led to when I was, you know, I, I had refined, as I mentioned, I had a very refined practice, um, maybe 75 households and was managing, you know, a good sum of money. And I thought, but I'm still only impacting 75 households. Well, and like, and that's I, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. But at the same time, like, I know that if I built this or helped build this technology, I'm going to be, I'm going to be helping millions of households. And it was, it was kind of, you know, all these little signs that you get with, you know, prospects that come in and you see how they were invested. And, you know, you look at, you know, their risk tolerance and you're going, there's just like, this is broke. It's broke. It's broke. And when you feel like you have a tool that can help fix it, you know, it's, it's hard to, um, cause I mean, I suppressed it for years. Uh, you know, just like, no, I'm already working, you know, plenty of hours and, um, you know, I've already had this like kind of reshape in my mind of what I want to stress about or not stress about a little more balance in life. And then it was like, all right, I'm going to take a plunge again. Um, so. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a really powerful message. And I mean, getting back to kind of the, the risk alive side, Mike, of, you know, what, what are you guys focused on? Um, you know, the market is, is certainly uh, challenging, uh, needless to say, given where equity, you know, valuations are and, and interest rates are. And, and I'm not asking from a financial perspective, but more from a risk-alized perspective, where are you guys focused on in the future? And, and you know, is it international expansion? Is it, you know, new product lines? Is it new consumers? Like, talk to us about what, what you guys are focused on for, in the next 12 to 12 to 24 months, which I know 24 months is yeah. years in the startup world, but humor me if, if there's any look into the crystal ball. Yeah. I mean, you know, continuing to, you know, we get asked about international quite a bit. We look at international, I would say deeply every year. Um, I'm a, I fish. And so one of the sayings you know, amongst us fishermen is don't leave fish to go catch fish. And, you know, we're, we're having a considerable amount of success still in the States. So we're planning on, at least in the near term, uh, sticking to the, you know, sticking in the States as our, as our focus. Uh, we feel, feel like there's plenty of, you know, growth um, still, you know, still out there. We believe we're in, a, in the early innings from a standpoint of, you know, the, the spend that we kind of take out of a firm, whether it's an enterprise or an RAA, is not spend that even existed 15 years ago. And nobody had a, a line item in their in their budget for, you know, risk analysis, risk alignment, you know, risk tolerance, right? And so we're having to, you know, we're having to chip away at and and you know basically earn our earn our keep the first time around. And so, you know, we we still think we're in the early innings. As far as, you know, where we're can gonna continue to serve, we'll probably, you know, came to market very uh, very early. Uh, adoption with RAAs and then independent broker dealers. And now we're seeing quite a bit more from the enterprise level down. So we'll probably see uh, that continue. And so focusing on analytics for home offices and things of that nature, I'm sure is a, a part of our um, our near term. Uh, doing more just to help help the process of advisors, you know, educating clients. I think that's huge. And then we're going to continue to see a large focus in uh, taxes and incorporating those into decision-making. 
And there's all kinds of permutations, everything from the trading rebalancing aspect. So we've got tax optimization software, tax loss harvesting software that helps automate and, and monitor that all the way down to just like helping maybe potentially even in, including our uh, some sort of tax efficiency inside of the our GPA, which is our, our efficiency metric or our risk number, which is another one of our metrics. Uh, so, you know, I would say enterprise focused. Um, is 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 going to continue to be a, a big piece, um, and and then the last I'll touch on, which we already did, was just continuing to ever expand the the universe of investments that we cover. So, if we've got tens of thousands of structured notes or products that are in our system now, we'll hopefully have you know hundred thousand or plus you know in the in the near term. Yeah, I think um, you know I, I think that the tax planning side and in the planning software is is really critical for advisors. Um, you know, especially as advisors are becoming more and more, you know, uh, I guess consultants or advisors to their clients and not as much as asset allocators these days. And now they're not as picking investments as, as frequently as they used to. It's more about, you know, providing that holistic advice to someone's portfolio. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I'd love to kind of hear your perspective on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to do it in, in spreadsheets, right. For clients, right. Yep. I, and it was basically, I'm going to more than earn my keep just in the taxes I'm going to save you. Yeah. Right. And I can vividly remember uh, a gal that had inherited um, a, a chunk of change, all in mutual funds, active managed mutual funds. And, you know, she had to step up in most of it and didn't have to pay much in, in taxes that, you know, upon the estate. But she didn't realize the capital gain distributions every year are taxable. And she didn't, you know, she wasn't what I would call, you know, just she wasn't focused on her finances and didn't have the the desire to be educated per se on it. Um, <clears throat> but boy, when she came in and I told her what, you know, here's how we work, here's my fee schedule. She's like, man, that's, you know, I'm a, I'm a lowly teacher. Like that's a lot of money. And I said, ah, let me show you how I'm going to make that for you. And I went in and said, look, you're, I forget the number, but let's say $120,000 on average the last three years in realized capital gains that you didn't see. It was phantom to you. These are just, accounting, you know, yeah, effectively exactly. you have a mutual fund and you're paying taxes on that. Your tax rate is X. Here's what you paid in taxes. And it was double what she was, you know, more than double than what she was going to pay me and my fee. And so I said, we're going to, you know, over the next three years, we're going to systematically decrease this, you know, this exposure. And then, you know, we went through that over the next three years and completely decreased her, her exposure. And all we had left in there was stuff that we wanted and stuff that I could offset with other, you know, losses and things that she had. That's what we want. We want to we want to take because it's labor intensive, and it makes sense when it's a seven figure, eight figure account, but probably not so when it's maybe in you know a smaller account. So we want to we want to help advisors just have easy click throughs and say, hey, if we do this, here's what we would save this year and years forward, and and just continue to focus on efficiencies and and really helping an advisor. We want the end investor to make the right decisions, but part of it is helping the advisor articulate and show their value you know, to their clients. And a lot of the things that, that are incorporated inside of RiskWise one layer or another is, you know, are things that advisors, a good advisor is already doing, but they don't have a means of actually, you know, showing it or expressing it or engaging a client to actually walk through it. And we're trying to bring that to the forefront. So we try to, we, we say, you know, we're trying to be Tony Stark's suit, not Tony Stark. Uh, <laughs> um, so that, I like that. I, and I'm, I just, I think that there, I think the focus on taxes is, 
is nowhere near where it should be or needs to be from a planning standpoint. So the number of advisors and the number of clients that are looking at after-tax returns, um, I think, are uh, needs to grow over time, and, and we're hoping to be a part of that change. Well, I always say that uh, you know, savings is a silent killer of America, right? And, and with that savings, is you have to be able to save every single nickel, which includes tax efficiency and tax optimization. And and you know, we have a focus on that from a protective investing standpoint. You know, you're taking it from the portfolio standpoint, which I think is really powerful and creates a, you know, clearly a tremendous impact for the advisors and the clients. You know, as, as we kind of move the conversation, uh, you know, and, and focus more on the impact side, right, is how are you guys at Riskalyze? And then how are you personally, Mike, you know, kind of focus on impact? And, and what do you, what's, what's the ultimate objective of what you guys are doing? I mean, yeah. risk score is great and portfolio management software is great, but what does it mean to you? And then yeah. you add that impact. Yeah, I've had, you know, story after story, it can be with clients that I've worked with, or it can be at my own dinner table when I was growing up with my parents who, um, frankly, would have, I would say, have a low financial IQ. And I could tell by, you know, the fact that tensions would raise when when money came up, or when the thought of investing came up uh, at the table that there was, you know, typically we see a fear Fear induces a lot of um, can induce rage or you know you know and that's what it, that's what that was around the dinner table right and I saw that with clients early on and, and even later um, where the the level of stress anxiety and and fear that can turn into just you know anger issues in, in kind of worst case but just like a um, a less content life. Um, you know, I feel like that is an extremely um, impactful, you know, area to focus on, it, you know, because that's numbers and, and finance has always kind of been my thing. And so it's like, okay, if that's a, a, a talent or a focus of mine, let's focus that on, you know, decreasing the amount of um, fear and anxiety that the, you know, the mom and pop investor has. And so that's, again, going back to, I could see the fear, you know, kind of drop from clients, you know, and I worked with them one-on-one -on -one and being able to take that, you know, same process and, and, you know, translation layer and having advisors all around, you know, the U.S. and, and the globe, you know, use that to diffuse the, the fear and ultimately, um, you know, it's it's kind of my our way, let's say, or my way, if I'm speaking personally, of like improving the world, right? It is. It, it truly is a, an area where, if you look at what people stress about, what gives them anxiety, um, it's it's got to be top three on the list. Their finances. Um, so it depends on which study you believe. Um, and so risk wise, we say we want to empower the world to invest fearlessly, and that's the goal. And and everything that we do is trying to you know focus on that being the end goal. Um, and I, you know, right now I feel like we're making, so that's one side of the other side of it is looking at the advisors that we serve. We've got a, an internal communication. So we do a, uh, basically customer satisfaction. Hey, how are we doing? Let us know. And there's a open text field and we publish that channel internally to the entire company because it's, it is like, you know, it's like being told I love you all day long by the people that are paying you to, to serve them. And it is, it's the best feedback loop. And it's, hey, you guys are a 10 out of 10, and I got to tell you this story, and I knew something like this would have to come along someday. I just hoped someone would build something like this. Can't tell you how impactful this is to my clients. 
So that's where we go. You know, that's where we go for, uh, for, I guess, confirming that our purpose is being, um, that we're meeting the, the purpose we set out for and that we're, you know, that we're, we're doing good in the world, so to speak. Well, I, I think you're spot on. I mean, we, I, I think that's why uh, our companies get along so well, but you know, I always talk about the leading cause and and it is uh, on many surveys, the leading cause of stress, death, divorce, and now suicide in this country is financial related. And, and that's why I always say that, you know, savings is a silent killer and, and it is an epidemic. And, yep. you know, I, I can't solve, and, and you and I can't solve every problem in the world, but we do have an invest, you know, background in investing in finance and portfolio management. And I think that you know, it's our obligation as both of us to be able to do what we can to leave a lasting legacy in the world and solve you know, such a big problem. And I just, you know, I love hearing you say that. Um, you know, so many entrepreneurs are kind of focused on them, right? And like, hey, let's build a unicorn. Let's, you know, let's, build a $10 billion company or $20 billion company, let's go public. And I always say like, if you focus on impact before profits, which is our tagline of impact before profits, the profits always come. If you solve on, you know, if you focus on solving and making a positive impact in the world, then people will value your service. And if they value your service, then then obviously you can monetize it. And yeah, so- I, had a, I, I had a good friend of mine text me, I don't know, it's been two or three weeks, but he texted me and he said, screenshot of someone that was doing something very similar to riskwise right and he goes doesn't this just totally piss you off exclamation point question mark and i and i you know i i thought about it and i'm like it probably should right that we have competition but i said before riskwise this is going to be a you know i'm not this arrogant but before riskwise no one was talking about this mm-hmm. like it was just swept under the rug everybody talked returns 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 And so I said, no, I'm not, I probably should be, but no, I'm not. Like if I were to die today, what we started at Riskalyze, I believe was a big part of the fact that now everybody's talking about risk and, you know, we're focused on behavioral finance instead of just selling a fact sheet. And so to your point, it was like, I actually took it as like, this is, this is like, we've won, like what we actually set out to do, whether it's, you know, going to be, you know, our 85% market share that gets us there, or we're a portion of the market share that gets us there isn't as you know important as the fact that like we you can't stop this wave like it's 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 out of the box like it's you know and, and that's to me is huge you know I, I i love it and like i said uh we are big fans of um you know of your company so congratulations on you know yeah. creating such a impactful and and you know relevant uh product and service and offering that you know ultimately makes investing, you know, a lot more simple and, and a lot safer, right. And, and easier for, for people to take that plunge and stay invested. Right. And, and so no matter how good your idea is, I always say that 10% of anyone's success is, is a good idea. You know, the other 90% is, uh, is, is execution and, and luck. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's all about execution and just continuing to drive and drive and drive. And if you're not passionate about what you do, then it's really hard to become an entrepreneur because then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Right. And like, that's ultimately what keeps you fighting every single day is because you're hell bent on solving a really important problem. Right. Um, That ultimately needs to be solved. So, you know, for me, this has been awesome, Mike, I loved hearing your perspective on, you know, risk and the market and, you know, what's coming next, you know, the tax planning software, I think will be super cool very relevant in, in an environment where no matter what side of the 
political aisle you sit on, you know, taxes are, are going up. Um, and, you know, we should all be very sensitive to taxes, regardless of what environment we're in. So, you know, just congratulations and a big kudos to, to you and the Risk Alliance team. Yeah, thank you. Same to Halo. And like, like you mentioned, our teams love working together and uh, look forward to many years of partnership. Amen. No, uh, we do too, Mike. And so, you know, thank you very much for, for spending that time with us today. And, uh, and to our audience uh, who are listening, thank you for always tuning in to the Stay Invested podcast. And we hope you found uh, the time with, uh, with Mike very valuable. And we, uh, we certainly encourage, you know, you go to check out the Riskalyze platform. I think it'll add a lot of value to your practice and at least give you some perspective about the risk that you're taking. And you'll be able to find this podcast uh, on the haloinvesting.com website or any major podcast outlet. So thank you very much.